0: Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, where say what you will about these vapid, soulless teens, every one of them reads the newspaper. Book number 39 Secret Admirer Who is Penny's Secret Love? Hello, welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, gladiators. I am your host, Marissa Flaxbart. You know, me. I'm the one that's always the host. And with me today is Megan Collier. Hello, Megan. Hello, Marissa. So it's a thrill to have you here, not least because uh, we are roommates, which means that I can actually have you here in person. Yes. Uh, I. This is a time we're recording uh, only a few days after... Los Angeles and the state of California is in a shelter-at-home edict, what are we calling it? Decree. I don't, Mayor Garcetti yeah. was like, this is not a suggestion, this is an order. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they're also calling it, like, safe at home, you know, that's, like, friendly and hard at the same time. an, an act of love was one of my favorite... Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but what that means is that, like, the people that you are stuck with, you're super stuck with, and so it's a time of great gratitude for wonderful roommates, um, who also are, like, sensible. <laughs> I don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah, yeah. going out and, like, licking polls and stuff. Absolutely. So thank you. Thanks so much from <laughs> me to you. Just a little personal business up top uh, for the listeners uh, to hear. Officially, I'm thanking you for not being someone that licks polls. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. You're quite
1: welcome. It's not not my style. <laughs> <laughs>
0: not your style. Yeah, no. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Almost never. Um. Well... So, I am so thrilled to have you here for this book, Secret Admirer, and um, before we get into it too far, I'm curious about what your previous exposure to Sweet Valley High was, if any. I don't think I've had any exposure to Sweet Valley High. I think I I read, like, The Boxcar Kids,
1: like, I think those were, like, the serials that I read as a kid. So Sweet Valley High was not, was not one of my... uh... My go-to. Had you heard of it? Yeah, before. I had I asked, but it, okay. I, unfamiliar with the world, like didn't know sure. the like main characters or anything. So. Yeah.
0: Well, in this book, I think it was probably I should I should check. It's going to be eighty-seven, eighty-eight at this point that this yeah. book came out. So it was also. I mean, the the books were all republished, but it was it's earlier than sort of like our childhood reading years would have yes. been. Yeah, it would. I would have been one. So. <laughs> what does yeah. it say? 87. eighty-seven. Yeah, eighty-seven. Okay, still stuck in nineteen eighty-seven for a little while longer, and um, the twins are stuck in whatever year it is forever because uh, time uh, never proceeds. And there was actually a moment in this book where uh, the phrase "time had no meaning whatsoever" appears, <laughs> and I appreciated that it was describing Jessica's ability to, or inability to kind of keep track of his schedule or anything. Oh. But still, just in the, for that fleeting moment, I was like, see? I'm telling you people. That. I love that. So they've always been juniors. They've always they been jun- juniors. I'm not sure if they're juniors. Yeah, that was yeah my, they're juniors. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the cover. Because you had opinions about the cover of Secret Admire from the moment I first handed you the book. I
1: love this cover. So Penny is looking like really down to business she's like checking her watch and looking very queer like this outfit i feel like would be at you know all the the queer uh queer dance nights around la currently oh know? for just, like, sure yeah just, like a high-waisted pant like a a cute blouse uh really like short short cropped hair um you know she's just like an intellectual she's yeah. uh Done like, business. Nice, yeah.
0: like black leather watch band. Absolutely, yep. And like a little bit pushed up her wrist a little bit. But so, Penny, we learn in the book that Penny Ayala, who Gladiators, Penny has come up in passing before. So she's not exactly a minor character, but she's never had her own book. She is the editor of The Oracle, the Sweet Valley High newspaper. So we know how much work it takes to just be a mere writer or like sports photographer for the Oracle. So you can only imagine how much work and how significant it is to be the editor of this very prestigious high school newspaper. But we learn in the course of the book that I guess she's standing outside of a bookstore at the mall in this moment. And she's looking at her watch thinking, where is this person I'm supposed to meet yeah also wearing a red headband very important mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah sh- cute short short hair yeah yeah
1: it's got a little a little blush a little blush on her her cheeks looking yes. a little uh yeah
0: put recently put on makeup for yes. possibly the first L- time a L- little made up and embarrassed yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 there's a lot of both of them there's a lot of flushing and blush for the first time yes. for penny in yes. this book so it's a great cover i love it i'm glad you like it too um so, like, what at the very beginning of the book we find Elizabeth and Penny working in the newspaper office. So yeah, it's been it's been a week. I, I was like, I was like, what? we're operating we, on different schedules. <laughs> I just finished the book and <laughs> Megan read it a week ago. Yeah. Um. So the reason why I, I guess, the main reason why I think it's interesting to to think about this scene or what I want to hear from you is because there's this dynamic between Elizabeth and Penny. So reading these, this book from, like, trying to think of what someone who had never read one of these books would be getting out of it mm. in the year 2020, I was just noticing, I don't know, sort of like a flirtatious energy between oh, yes. Penny and Elizabeth. <laughs> yes.
1: Penny is, uh, my initial reading of this is that Penny is is real gay. Uh, like, very, very queer vibes, like, interesting kind of triangulation of desire between like, Penny and uh, Elizabeth, as, like, Elizabeth is kind of being a mentor and, like, telling Penny how to, you know, get get the boys and Penny's kind of expressing very little interest and, like, being a little shy, but also just, like, has too many other things to worry about.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. And I have a few quotes from the book that we can get into that will sort of support this. Um, I didn't say anything about this when I was first introducing you, Megan. We were focusing on our roommate relationship, but you have a bit of a background in, like, queer studies, don't you? Queer studies, like, sociology. Yeah. 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 A a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 So I think that it is a super fun thing about having this podcast, like, looking back through a modern lens at this 1980s text to think about what is it, like... The ways in which we can read it and like read between the lines, and when you start looking at it through a certain lens, you do start noticing these things. Yeah. And since you read the book a week before me, I was already primed a little bit to be looking for <laughs> these like, things. And so, <laughs> what's happening? Here? You know, Penny is kind of laughing and, um, you know, teasing Elizabeth about how hardworking she is, and Elizabeth is teasing her right back. You know, like Elizabeth says, "If anyone knew what a slave driver you are, they'd never sign up for this dumb old newspaper." <laughs> I love know? it. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. like. But so the big thing that's happening <laughs> and oh, and the right after this is when the quote that I mentioned earlier literally it is time was completely meaningless. Oh, yeah. To Jessica. I but, love I love that. <laughs> so the big thing that's happening what what's going on in the Oracle office the like hot thing in the Oracle right now was teased in the previous episode, the previous book. And it is that the Oracle is going to have a personal's column. Um, And Lynn Henry, who was pulled from the recesses of of history of the series, um, just to be given another job for some reason, um, was asked to be the person who's like sorting through these personals. So she has this pile of... Like initial letter. She's gonna give people like numbers and they're gonna, so it's anonymous sort of, but you, you know, anybody that places a personal ad in the school newspaper will have a little number and people can write to the number. But they also all have like pseudonyms that they use and stuff too, which we'll come across. So I'm gonna read what Lynn says. I already read some of them and I can tell there are a lot of joke ads, you know, people who aren't really serious. If there's room, I'll run some of them, but at first I'm just gonna pick the ones that are serious. What do you mean, joke ads? asked Elizabeth. Lynn rested her head on one hand and poked a finger at the pile in front of her. Such as Gorgeous British rock star looking for fans, beautiful girls, send pictures and all your dreams will come true. Give me a break, Penny laughed and shook her head. Well, some of them are funny but serious, Lynn added, so those will go in. I can't wait to read them, Elizabeth said. Sitting back at her desk, Penny picked up her red pencil and began editing an article thinking about checking some of them out? Hardly, Elizabeth smiled and shook her head as she watched Lynn stacking the forms in a pile. She had a prize in Jeffrey French, and she knew it. He was warm, caring, and excitingly handsome. No, she wasn't interested in checking some of them out. But how about you, Penn? As soon as the words were out, Elizabeth realized she had made a mistake. Penny blushed, and the girl turned her face back to the article. Don't be silly, Liz. You know I'm not into parties and things like that. Lynn looked down with a frown to meet Elizabeth's worried gaze. A note of tension had entered the air. For some reason, Penny Ayala didn't date anyone, (laughs) even on a casual basis. Elizabeth had often wondered about it, but had put it down to Penny's busy academic and extracurricular schedule. But Penny's quick blush suggested that perhaps it wasn't entirely her choice.
1: Penny, you gay. (laughs)
0: I love you. Listen, as Megan is, like, (laughs) just sort of shaking in silent laughter in my peripheral vision the whole time I'm reading the book. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so right off the bat, it's like, okay. Yeah, just Penny's a late bloomer, you know? Can't quite figure out her desires, like, you know, not interested in parties.
0: Right. That does seem like it could read us of Mm -hmm, mm euphemism. Now, just to get out of this, I do have to say that if we're not doing a queer reading of the book, and if... We kind of go with what the book hands us. Like I also I can actually really personally relate to Penny in Absolutely. a lot of ways. Yes. But, but not so much in the blushing at the mere mention of placing a personal ad. But some of the other stuff that comes out I, is definitely relatable um, to me as a as a straight woman. Although not that it really matters, but I think could be relatable to anybody. Absolutely, about book, uh, a bookish
1: bookish teen or teen not
0: interested in uh, yeah ins and outs of. Or just, like, because yeah. res- what comes out about Penny is that her main thing is that she doesn't see herself as the kind of girl that could, that boys could be attractive to. And there are sometimes when she phrases, or the book phrases it that way, where it super sounds like, Penny, you're gay. Like, <laughs> you Maybe what you're really trying to say is that you don't like boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is also, I mean, I can definitely relate to the idea of, like, um, I think I'm cool. Actually, there's a line in my play, <laughs> like, I think I'm cool, but boys don't seem to, is something that I have thought or said aloud a lot of times. I mean, I have lots of, I have an easy time being friends with boys. Yeah. But I can relate to the idea of, like, I am not interested in being with someone who doesn't like smart girls, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't pretend to be something that I wasn't, to interest a guy that has a, that sort of value set, yeah. you know what I mean? absolutely. Anyway. I feel kind of like I should say, like, obviously. Like, it's the 21st century. Why yeah. would any of us do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right after this, we get a Collins watch 2020. So, Mr. Collins... Doesn't he try to dance with one of them at the end? Sort of? I mean, yeah. It was it's like, a, I was like, is
1: that, a, is that like, normal? Is it's that- a
0: weird... Uh, it's a weird thing of, like, he says he's going to, but then mm-hmm. it seems like he was joking. Mm-hmm. So, we keep an eye here on Sweet Valley Diaries on Mr. Collins and how hot he is and also just, like, how is he comporting himself? Okay. Because many uh, guest readers like yourself noticed Mr. Collins and thought, hmm, this seems problematic, yeah. and I have been a staunch defender of Mr. Collins, so I'm part of Collins Watch 2020 is me keeping a watchful eye on <laughs> Mr. Collins, like, trying to check myself. Perfect. So I'm gonna go ahead and read and read this passage as well, because <laughs> yes. it's it's really one of the purest uh, Collins watches, mm. I feel like, okay. that we've had in terms of the full picture of, like, why this is problematic, and then why in the end he sort of, like, gets... I think he, he gets away with it. And how are the best writers in Sweet Valley? Came a cheerful male voice. The three girls looked up as Roger Collins entered the office. The handsome, strawberry, blonde English teacher was one of Sweet Valley High's favorites because of his relaxed and friendly attitude. He was a demanding teacher, but a fair one. And he gave his time generously as faculty advisor to the newspaper. He set a bundle of galley proofs down on Penny's desk and looked around. Something going on here? just talking penny said with an offhand shrug thanks for picking these up sure no problem say liz i've got something for your column mr collins perched on the edge of a table and crossed his arms a certain english teacher who shall remain nameless at this time has been asked by the student council dance committee to act as chaperone for the upcoming forties night swing fling that's great are you is he going to agree elizabeth's eyes danced as she smiled up at him That depends on whether a certain French teacher, who shall also remain nameless, would like to join him. Mr. Collins could be talking about only one person, and all three girls knew who that was, Nora Dalton, the pretty young French teacher. The two were a popular couple at Sweet Valley High, and almost every girl at school alternated between fierce envy and vicarious romantic bliss when it came to Nora Dalton. And that reminds me, he went on as he jumped down, I expect to see you ladies there. I plan on jitterbugging with all three of you. Elizabeth and Lynn laughingly agreed, and Mr. Collins collected some books and left the office. So he's, like, flirting with them. Yeah. But only, I think only because he's hot and so he can't help himself. And, like, a wholesome, like, a wholesome flirting. Like, like everything you know? he says comes out as a flirt because the girls are in love with him. Yeah. But he's talking about his girlfriend. We haven't heard about Mr. Collins and Nora Dalton for a little while, so it's okay. nice to have a resurfacing of their relationship. Yeah. Also, uh, we find out soon that Gene West and um, Tom McKay are still together. You don't have to worry about that. That's not important story. That. <laughs> but basically, it's so it's such uh, torture. Poor Penny. Poor single Penny. Every couple that has ever existed in the history of Sweet Valley High seems to be trotted out. Like you I know, Maria that. and Winston are there. Are they're a popular couple? You know, Sally Larson and. Mark Riley, I think is his name. They got together a few books ago. Like, yeah. they're, you know, they're together. Everybody is paired up. Yep. So yep. Except for poor poor old Penny. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the girls who don't want to have a steady boyfriend, like Jessica and Lila, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. will come up. One more thing. Um, so, Elizabeth, we got the sense that Elizabeth was kind of worried about Penny, and she seemed sad. You know, oh, Penny, she's just not putting herself out there or whatever. Yeah. Things that friends think. And she says, Penny, you can kill me if this is insulting, but you should learn how to lighten up a little around guys. Give them a chance to see how fun you are. Penny's face was impassive, and Elizabeth felt like kicking herself. She stopped and put her hand on Penny's arm. I'm sorry. For a moment, Penny didn't speak. Her hazel eyes were clouded, as if she were looking at something far away. Then her face brightened in a warm smile. Liz, I'm not mad at you. Hey, I know it's my own fault I turn boys off. They just don't like serious students, I guess. And frankly, I just can't see pretending to be something I'm not just to snag one. I love this scene. Yes. I love I love this scene. So chapter one is over and Megan
1: is yeah. thinking... Just, you know, lovely gentle gazes between Elizabeth and Penny. Oh, yeah. yeah, just, you know, a tender touch on the arm. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's perfect. It's really setting up... Uh,
0: Setting up a good scene. Yeah. A good scene for us here. So that's, like, the A story. And then we transition and be introduced to the B story, which these stories are pretty nicely knit together because it's all about using the personal ads and how the different people in Sweet Valley uh, manipulate the system. Yes. Jessica and Lila are sitting on the beach thinking about how, like, all of the boys of Sweet Valley are too zhuzhun for them. Any first impressions of Jessica Wakefield and Lila Fowler? Great question. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like such, like such, such teens, you know, just like really, uh, like I don't know, trying trying to act more mature than they are, and like you know, just like
0: yeah, being like. That's a good point. It is such a teenager move to be like, I'm too mature for these boys, you know, when really, like, they get so excited about what the college boys might offer, but they don't fully understand it, or they don't seem to. They have this whole plot uh, that they concoct together. Um, Jessica looks around and she sees all these boys on the beach, and she's just like, none of these boys Mm -hmm. are, are mature enough. And what are we going to do? How are we going to meet older boys? And Jessica thinks, you know, back to this new dating service, this new uh, personal service. And she proposes to Lila that they can place ads. Jessica knew if she voiced the idea that had been fermenting in her mind for the past week, Lila would probably throw a fit. But Lila was always throwing fits, so what difference would it one more make? I think we should use the personal ads in the Oracle. What? That is the grossest idea you've ever had, Jessica Wakefield. Lila's voice was dripping with scorn, and she sat up to give her friend a withering glance. Only losers take out personal ads, and only losers answer them. Jessica rolled her blue-green eyes. For your information, Lila, personal ads are not what they used to be. I read this article in Ingenue that said more and more singles use them to meet people because of the pressures of life these days. Lots of people don't have time to go cruising around, you know, so they just take out an ad to say exactly what they're looking for and then pick out the best replies. Lila maintained a stony silence. It's the best way to meet people now, Jessica went on confidently. They had testimonials and pictures of couples who had met through the ads, and believe me, these people were not losers. Well, if you're so smart, how do you expect to meet college boys with an ad in a high school newspaper? An excellent point. Jessica gave Lila a satisfied smile. I just happen to know someone in college who gets copies of our paper, and that someone always has tons of good-looking friends in his room.
1: Yeah, I know. I was like, "What?" I was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, like, sure, sure." This is a yeah. You know, so fun, she's
0: fun plot point, but yeah, yeah. So she's talking about her brother Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very interesting to think about Stephen Wakefield always having good-looking guys in his room. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's so has he ever been in high school with them, or he's always been in college? He's always been in okay. college, like a freshman in college. Okay, and he's dating this girl who is also a junior, like Jessica's friend, Kara. Got it. Meaningless time. Just. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So that's what they do. They place ads and then Elizabeth and Enid uh, are able, are able to convince Penny to place an ad herself. Mm -hmm. Like that's basically, you know, there's a, a scene on the beach and there's this moment where, you know, Penny approaches Elizabeth and Enid and, Oh, Enid um, has this guy that she is dating now, whose name is Hugh Grayson. Ooh. You're right. Everyone is
1: couple. Everyone is couple. Yeah. Up, so even Enid, for, yeah. who hasn't
0: had a boyfriend for a while, has yeah. this new guy that she's seeing. We don't know much about him. He goes to Big Mesa. So the, this is the uh, the other high school? Uh, yeah. It's okay. another high school that gets mentioned. Yeah. Whatever they need another high school okay. to get mentioned. Perfect. Perfect. And yeah, so when Penny comes over, and then she's like happily chatting with Liz and Enid, mm-hmm. and then the two boys show up, and Penny has to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and, yeah, get well, all flustered. Right, can't. Is it? Does Jeffrey French show up in that moment? Jeffrey French, that's yeah. Elizabeth's boyfriend. Okay, yeah. which again, it's hard not to read it as. You know, Penny is so happily talking to Elizabeth and yeah. like, oh hi, Enid, and then Jeffrey comes over and he's like, Hello lady. <laughs> and Penny's like, Oh, this guy again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can we talk a like, I am so curious how Jeffrey comes over and is like covered in sweat. Is that this moment? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jeffrey picked up a towel and rubbed drops of salt water from his muscular arms. Is this like is this like a common like how do they talk about bodies and the
0: Um, You know, I think that, like, that's such a good example of these sort of fleeting glimpses of, like, you know, hot bods. So I think my opinion of it is that the books sort of dip their toes into being teen romance novels for, like, a few seconds. And particularly, I think we have seen since Jeffrey French appeared maybe, like, six or seven books ago that everything between Jeffrey and Elizabeth is kind of like that. Okay. Like, Jeffrey says things to Elizabeth huskily a lot, you know? Yes. And even I, reading these books, I'm like, damn, you know, this is romantic, you know? Hey.
1: Hey. Yeah. Do, do any of them have sex? No, is that that? This like never a plot point.
0: No, no, we nope, okay. nope. we, right. we often my say. I mean,
1: when I was like,
0: "Gladiators" can probably say it along with me now, but uh, we often say on "Sweet Valley Diaries" that the books say that, use the word "sexy" a lot, mm. but never the word "sex." Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a book a couple of, of books ago where the the um, Alice Wixfield, the twins' mother. Like, off camera, we can go like, off the page. Yeah. Had a, apparently had a sit-down conversation with the girls, asking them which one of them was in trouble, because she thought that maybe one of them was pregnant, based on things that they were saying. And even that happening at all was just oh. like, oh my goodness. Like, the idea that the mother could acknowledge that possibly they were having sex was like, oh, wow, that's yeah. new. But the girls also were, like, mortified. So okay. that's kind of where okay. it's at. Yeah. But it's a really good question, because listen to some of the things that, like, the ads... Well, yeah, well, the ads I, that they place. Yeah, so I wrote down you one. of those? The, um...
1: Paulo's Is that his name?
0: Oh, the guy Paulo. Yeah. The, his response. His his letter. Let's was, like, definitely get to that. Because... Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But before we get to that, let me read the letters that Lila and Jessica place in the newspaper. Excellent. Uh, listeners, try to guess which one of these is Lila and which one is Jessica. Glamorous, sophisticated, mature high school girl looking for someone with the right stuff. I like fast cars, caviar, and the Caribbean. Do you want to say Caribbean? I I think either one Were right? Right. Don't talk to me about commitment. I'm looking for excitement, not a bridge partner. If you can keep up with me, I want you. Kids need not reply. In italics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And number two. Are you devastatingly handsome? Are you romantic and wild? Do you like girls who aren't afraid of danger? Are you the type of guy who goes for what he wants? Are you in college? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The sign of maturity. Are you in college? If you answered yes to all the above questions, drop me a line. I've been looking for you. (laughs) So... I could make, I could make that my
1: dating profile. What do you think? Yeah, it's perfect. I think it would really go far on (laughs) on Tinder.
0: Are you in college? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you probably have guessed it, listeners. The first one was Lila, the second one was Jessica. And they get responses. So we might as well talk about it, because that is, that is separate for a little while, totally, from the, from the penny plot line. Yeah. So yeah, the first response that Jessica, they set up a bet. It's important to say, they set Mm -hmm. up a bet. Mm -hmm. And whoever, like, gets the better guy, like, the hotter catch from their ad, wins the bet. There's no stakes right now. And so Jessica's really excited when she gets this letter from someone named Paolo. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to read it? Uh, Sure. Dear Miss Excitement, I'm no stranger to boasting, but
1: I get the feeling you know how to put your money where your mouth is. You definitely sound like dynamite about to go off. And I want to be there for the explosion, even if it means getting a little cinched. The girls I've met at college are nothing compared with someone like you. I like slow dancing and romantic dinners. And I like dessert, too. Drop me a line. I think we should get together. Mi amore.
0: And it says, what does it say about Jessica... The unmistakable promise in the word dessert sent a thrill of anticipation running up and down her spine. But it's like Jessica knows what this means, you know? It's which is yeah. weird because it's like she knows, but does she know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get the sense that she's one of these I don't know, maybe I'm totally being naive. But no, I think that the book writes her as naive. It's like she's got this very innocent perspective on what sex even is. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but um, reading it, rereading it now, or hearing you reread this letter, it seems like maybe Paolo is being literal about that. Like, I also said, I said ew out loud when it said the thing about explosive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to be there when it explodes or whatever. Right, (laughs) Right, Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Be
1: there for the explosion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so should we just talk about that? Because it's... Even yeah. though, even though that'll sort of take us through to the end of the B story, like yeah, then we yeah, can yeah, go back and sure, yeah, consider what's going on with Penny. I was I was shocked, by the way, uh, by the way this played out. But
1: you know, this is oh my yeah, first, this is my
0: first Sweet Valley. It's no, this is really twisting and turning. But the, the initial date, I'm no Jessica apologist, yeah, and I'm not a not a huge fan uh, yeah. of her. But she has her moments, and this was one where I was like, this is. Unforgivable, Like, the, the thoughts this book puts in this girl's head. Yeah. I also, I thought it was going to be, I thought that this was going to be a learning moment.
1: Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to come back at the end and, like, you know, she was going to end up going to the dance with Paolo. But, but no. That would have been great. Yeah. But, they, but I, yeah, I realized that that was, it was just supposed to be, like, kind of a laugh. Yeah. And, like, a, like, oh, like, look how this can go, look how this can go wrong. Um, and also that she, like, you know...
0: Fakes, fakes illness, uh, yeah. like, disability as, like so her out. Jessica is so... Yeah, that's reprehensible as well. But Jessica is really, really painting this picture in her head of this, like, European guy. He's he's Italian. Mm-hmm. You know, his name is Paolo. He says, mi amore. Mm-hmm. Um, he, she's really excited about the prospect of Paolo. Mm-hmm. And when she opens the door to go out on a date... She is horrified to discover that the young man standing in front of her is fat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she couldn't stand to be around fat people. <laughs> yeah. I, she, never in her life had Jessica ever dated anyone who wasn't handsome and slim, and now she was going out with with someone fat. She couldn't go through with it. What if someone saw her with him? Her reputation would be ruined. What if Lila found out? She would never let Jessica forget it in ten million years. Ew. Ah gross it's so gross and she she does later literally think like could she help it that she couldn't stand to be around fat people it's like what i'm I'm just like (laughs) this is not good audio but i'm just like a (laughs) gape i'm just dumbfounded it's so hateful and i mean the only sense that she gets her comeuppance for this is that her dream date turns out to not really be a dream date Mm -hmm. one thing that i do think is a little bit nuanced and interesting and maybe i'm grasping at straws Mm -hmm. here is that even Jessica has to acknowledge that she does find Paolo interesting Yeah, that he's taken her on a great date that was exactly the date that she wanted other than the person that she was with so they're on the date and here's Jessica's thought process what was she going to do? she suddenly felt like throwing up that would be a pretty spectacular solution then she had a brilliant idea I, actually I've been sort of an invalid all my life she lied, the words coming easily now that she knew what course to take You're kidding. But you look so healthy. Oh? Well, looks can be deceiving, I guess. Anyway, I get these terrible headaches. I had a CAT scan yesterday, in fact. I'll know in a few days whether it's... It's... She broke off dramatically and tried to look brave. Paolo froze with a breadstick halfway to his mouth. Whether it's... Jessica affected a careless shrug. But I like to ignore the pain when I can. Life is just too short. Paolo was obviously moved. "'Jessica, I had no idea what you must go through. But you're okay right now, aren't you?' Jessica allowed the briefest hesitation to hang in the air. "'Oh, yes. Yes, I'm okay.' Her voice dropped, and she lowered her eyes to her lap. "'You're so brave. (laughs) I can't tell you how much I admire you, Jessica. You're really remarkable.' Jessica ducked her head a little lower to hide a smile. Once she got going, she was pretty remarkable. A few more minutes of this and she'd be out of that restaurant. Paolo would never know what hit him. "'No, I'm not really,' she whispered. She looked up and gave him a dazzling smile. The slightest flicker of pain crossed her face. He was instantly alert. "'Are you sure you're feeling okay?' "'Paolo, I. A picture of confusion, Jessica shook her head. "'I just wanted to have fun like any normal girl.' for once, instead of staying home and taking medicines. and She closed her eyes and gasped, raising a trembling hand to her forehead. She wondered briefly if conjuring up a few tears would be going a little too far. Throwing his napkin down, Paolo jumped to his feet and took her arm. Come on, Jessica, don't do this to yourself. Let me take you home. I... no. She stood up, looking as reluctant as possible. Well, I guess maybe you should. I'm so sorry, though, Paolo. All those things I said I just wanted. Don't worry about it, really. I'm a stupid jerk for not noticing earlier that you didn't feel well. When you answered the door, you looked, well, kind of dazed. (sighs) Dazed is not the word, thought Jessica. Paolo, what a gentleman. He is. Yeah. And she thinks, she she thinks, um, she frowns a little uh, as a little voice inside her tells her she just played a mean trick on a polite, friendly, and interesting boy. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but she ignored the voice. She couldn't help herself right. if she couldn't stand to be around fat people. So <laughs> that's this book. So I hate Jessica again. Sorry, gladiators. <laughs> She's the worst. Yeah. Um, but she does have another date with a very sexy man named John Carger. Kriger? Car Carger? Carger. Carger. Yeah.
1: I, I read that every time. <laughs> Carger. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and, with a K. And he's very
1: sexy. Yeah. I loved this. I mean, right, obviously this is like, but immediately I was like, he's a sociologist. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> was That's like, amazing. I was like, yeah, uh, of course, and this is some uh, unethical
0: and very funny. Like, yes. yeah, he's uh, curious and
1: yes. asking a lot of questions. He's right. He's a good interviewer. He, he, he sends stuff.
0: a picture, too. So Jessica is like, oh, she's for a second, she's like, no more personal ads. And then he, a picture falls out, and he's a sexy, like blonde guy, and mm-hmm. he's got glasses. He's studious, you know. And Jessica falls for it, and he asks her so many questions. Yeah, he's very, he's very interested. Yeah, good with those probes, you know. Just, yeah, yeah. And she makes question. herself sound really boring. I feel like. Yeah. She's just like I like to do exciting things and have excitement, which I mean would be great. Except she doesn't seem like she names very many specific things. No. Yeah. She's... And, except she lists a bunch of schemes that she pulled. Does she, does she? She says, like, oh, there was this one time that I brought a dog, a puppy home and hid it in our house for my parents. These are, like, previous, previous yeah, books. Previous yeah, previous books okay. that she names. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so she's... He doesn't kiss her goodnight, which is mm. a little bit disappointing, but she, he's so clearly in love with her, she thinks. Absolutely. Really interested, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, she's the center of attention. Yeah, so. so she writes it off. Like, he's just a real gentleman. Mm-hmm. And that happens a few times, And but still she's, like, telling Lila i definitely won this bet but they haven't figured out the details of like how they're going to decide and lila is also sure she won the bet Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so and all the cheerleaders get in on it all their friends like they're going to judge and then the loser has to go alone to the big dance at the end of the book Mm -hmm. the swing fling Mm -hmm. and the winner will take her date yeah. Uh, important to note that both of these girls already have dates to the swing fling, but they're just like, you know, wouldn't you rather go with a college boy? Oh, th- he's like, he is the, the desired. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I, I didn't quite I didn't So quite both that. of them preemptively, without telling anybody, they preemptively dump their dates to the swing fling, their high school dates, because they're sure that they're, they're each individually so sure that they're going to win and, and have the man that's deemed the better catch. And, uh, they're both right. They're both wrong. (laughs) It's a tie. Let's put it that way. They're they're (laughs) both
1: convinced they can, uh,
0: he said he can't go, but they're, they're going to convince him anyway. Right. So he's like, come meet me at this beach rock concert. I'll be there. Some friends are going to be there and I'll see you there. And his lab partner. Yeah. And his lab partner. Or just his partner. His, 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 um, study partner, his lab, research partner. That's what it is. Research partner. Yeah. What was his end game here? He was
1: just like a, like a unethical researcher, <laughs> right. he, Yeah, he was not following appropriate protocol in terms of, um, uh, yeah. consent.
0: So all the <laughs> girls are at the, all the girls are at the beach. Yeah, he didn't have, get any, um, I, like, IRB consent approval. forms, fine. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, uh, do a debrief, you know? Yeah, yeah. So,
1: just the closest breakin- thing to a,
0: brief, a debrief happens here. So this is toward the end of the book. All of our cheerleaders are at the beach, And Lila and Jessica, they're like watching just because they want it. They're going to be the judges Mm -hmm, of who who won. And here's what happens. Girls of all types and sizes were clamoring around the still hidden boy. And Lila was standing on the outskirts of the group, her face chalky white. A gap opened up in the crowd and Jessica met John Carger's gaze with a shocked gasp. (gasps) Hey, Jessica, John shouted happily. Hi. Standing next to him was a stunning redhead. Girls, this is Faye, my partner on my sociology project. And my girlfriend, he added, giving Faye an adoring smile. So he's just, he seems just totally clueless. He's, yeah, he seems he's totally clueless. clueless. Yeah. Stunned speechless, Jessica stared at Lila, whose jaw was clenched in anger. Their eyes met, and Jessica raised her eyebrows as high as they would go. Had they both been dating the same guy? And for that matter, had all these other girls been dating him too? Just what is going on here? A pudgy blonde girl choked out. I thought we had a date, John. What? He has a date with me, another girl exclaimed indignantly. Faye shook her head with an amused (laughs) chuckle. I'm afraid you're both wrong. But John (laughs) appeared concerned. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't give you the impression. What are you trying to say? Came another indignant voice. I was doing research for my sociology project. Research? Echoed an infuriated brunette. He nodded emphatically, his face lighting with eagerness. Yes, you see, I wanted to see how people presented themselves in personal ads and what they thought was appealing about themselves. So I answered all your ads. Jessica gulped. He answered ads regardless of what they said. Which, that's part of the bet, is like whose ad brings in the, the better catch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who's, like, wording. One girl let out a wail. But John, I thought you really liked me. He turned crimson and began stammering. Apparently, the serious-minded John Carger wasn't aware of the effects of his flattering, probing questions, or the effects of his romantic brown eyes. I never met. I hope you didn't think. His voice trailed off, and he stared back mutely at all the pairs of angry, humiliated eyes focused on him. He swallowed audibly. Oh no. Jessica groaned. Oh, brother. Faye let out a peal of laughter. I knew this would happen, John. I told you. Faye, part of the problem. Also (laughs) part of the problem. I know, what a bitch. I told you these girls would fall in love with you. Like, what? I told you this was unethical, John. What? (laughs) What? Like, John, breaking
1: hearts left and
0: right. So bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. Yeah. Like, quite quite the charmer, but a uh, clueless, you're, clueless charmer. You're so right, though, that I also was thinking the same thing. Like, wouldn't it be, a like, a real moment of growth if Jessica then decided to invite Paolo to yes. the dance? Yeah, yeah. Because, hey, she, he was nice, and she felt bad about what she did to him. That's not what it happened. It didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. So she went with the second date, the one that she then... So did you go with the They okay. both. No, they both... Lila and Jessica are both declared like they both won, basically. Yeah. Rather than both losers, that both have to stay home or go to the dance solo, which is yeah. what should have happened. Okay. Because clearly they're both losers. <laughs> Much bigger <laughs> losers than anybody else plays in Prison Land. Yes, yes. But they both go to the dance with college boys that they meet at that rock, beach oh! rock
1: concert. Okay, thank you. That is, uh, that's right, yeah.
0: So they do not learn anything other than that John Carger sucks. Yeah, yeah, he
1: sucks. He's a little, he's a little clueless. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe they met new college boys. So they, they, you know, white girls winning in the end. Oh my gosh. Presumably, yes. yeah. <laughs> Presumably white. We don't, we don't know. But
0: oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. We do know. with Jessica. those particular
1: yeah. girls. Because
0: yeah. Lila too, we know, is white. Okay. They're just at least in these books, she is. Yeah. Um, we have been talking so much about them, but the main story, of course, is Penny. Yes. Penny Ayala. And, um, what happens with her, and you know what, in order to, we've been talking a lot about boys, we talked about John Carger, we mm-hmm. talked about Hugh Grayson a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think that we need to go into the part of the podcast where we talk about boys.
1: Excellent. Oh, 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 oh who's a beautiful boy, who's a beautiful boy. Um
0: there's a boy that popped up in the previous book. His name is Kirk Anderson. Oh, Kirk, yeah, what a bro, Kirk, he sucks. yeah, and here is an intro to Kirk. Do you know anything about that new guy, Kirk Anderson? He's pretty hot looking. <laughs> yeah, well, that's about all he has going for him. Jessica replied, that was Lila that said that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His personality rates a zero. And, she, yeah, Jessica hates Kirk. He's He's got jet black hair and athletic build, striking blue eyes. He's really, he's very hot looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he sucks. He's really conceited. And Jessica spots this other guy, whose name is Neil Fremont, mm-hmm. like, hanging out with him and thinks, oh, I would have thought that Neil had, like, would be disapproving. Like, because Jessica and Neil have this relationship where, I mean, it's described in the book as, like, more of a friendship like she sees him as more of a friend than a boyfriend Mm -hmm. so it's always been like he's always been this guy that's mentioned in passing as like a a guy that Jessica dates sometimes Okay, but it has this interesting thing where it describes that uh, he was a very nice looking guy and a formidable opponent on the tennis court two qualities Jessica liked a lot in her dates but he had always remained more of a friend than a boyfriend but she had sensed a serious side to Neil too a side that sometimes seemed to disapprove of her carefree habits he didn't seem like the kind of guy to be hanging around Kirk Anderson, she thought. You know, so. Yeah. Do Jessica and Kirk ever get together? I don't remember. I feel like they are meant for each other. I know, right? Yeah, they're both, like, very shallow and yeah. really concerned with so what everyone else we've is. got Kirk Anderson, we've got Neil Fremont, who becomes very important, and mm-hmm. they are involved with these other guys who I've never heard of before, whose names are Chad Tickner. <laughs> Oh Chad, right? And Michael, where? Oh no, well, there's somebody named Michael. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's Michael who used to date Maria, but I don't remember. Yeah, but Chad Ticknor and Ron Reese. So we don't get a description of them, sadly. Cool. But Yeah, those boys are hanging around with Kirk and and basically remember, like going this is going back oh, several several minutes now, but that. Uh, Elizabeth and Enid had convinced Penny to write a personal ad. Mm-hmm. She sits right down on the beach, breaks out her pencil, and starts writing right away. And she writes this personal ad that is kind of a joke, but she is convinced that it will, like, catch the sort of guy that she's looking for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he'll have a sense of humor. He'll be, like, well-read. He'll, he'll be a smart guy. Uh, I'm going to read it. Hook, n- or do you want to read it? If you can find it? Sure, her? yeah. Okay, yeah. it's right at the end of chapter two. Okay. Uh hook-nosed
1: hunchback seeks kindred spirit. The ideal candidate will have a doctorate in Australian theology. Love caves, speak Urdu. If you're looking for a girl who giggles, don't bother to respond. I'm strictly the guffaw type. Junior or senior
0: would do just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you in college? Yeah. No. no. Are you college a junior part? or senior? <laughs> yeah. So it's just a sweet little, like... Kind of innocuous, like, jokey thing. Yeah. But she refers to herself as a hook-nose hunchback. Mm-hmm. I think she's really like, I don't want my appearance to be any part of this. Yeah. No, she's cute. She, she is cute. cute. Yeah. She does not believe that she's cute. Yeah. Elizabeth keeps trying to tell her, which is also yeah. complicates <laughs> matters a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But little tender touch yeah right but uh but so kirk reads this in the paper and it's like oh this is hilarious this ad like let's mess with her you know so the boys concoct this plan that they're gonna write letters and neil is the one who does most of the writing and the letters start going back and forth all these asshole boys read penny's letters and laugh and laugh meanwhile neil is like falling in love with these letters because he's what he's writing is true like they're not I think all the other boys think that something fake is happening. Yeah. But Neil is just being, like, honestly responding to the letters.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's very, it's very cute. Yeah. Jamie. Neil, Neil adds Jamie. Yeah, he, so he pretends that his name is Jamie, because they all have pseudonyms. So, (laughs) I don't know why he didn't pick, like, who wrote Hunchback of Notre Dame? Hugo. Oh. He should have said his name was Hugo. I like that, I like that better. Right? Why is it Jamie. Yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, just Jamie. Just you know, Jamie. so she's excited, and, Jamie, and Elizabeth is excited, and Enid is excited, and they're all in on this together. And finally, the boys, like, goad Neil into writing that, like, they should meet. hmm And I feel like Neil's reaction to that kind of sums up, like, what's going on in Neil's head. Neil dropped his racket and sat on one of the benches, composing the letter in his mind. Then he pulled a pen out of his pocket and began to write. Dear Q, Every time I get another letter from you, I'm more and more convinced we should get together. I think it's time we met in person, don't you? If you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you, wait outside the bookstore in the mall at 4 o'clock on Friday, and wear something red so I'll know it's you. If you don't come, I'll understand, Jamie. Neil almost wished she wouldn't come. He hated the idea of her being checked out first by the group. It meant if her looks didn't measure up to standard, they would give her the thumbs down. And Neil instinctively knew she was a thumbs-up girl. Oh, Neil. <laughs> You're really cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it takes them a while to, like, come around to, like, the level of being a good guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, she shows up at the mall. Yeah. At, with, you know, I think Elizabeth and Enid, Enid drop yeah. her off. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's waiting outside of the bookstore. Uh, and the boys
0: are kind of watching from yeah. the balcony, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, it's a mall, right? So it has like an atrium, and yeah. there's like a. It's a place where they can kind of hang over the side railing and like watch. Yeah,
1: I don't quite remember. They, Did they spot her right away before
0: Neil? No, goes there's over like there? some hot girl, hot blonde girl in the red t-shirt that they think is her for a oh, second. Oh, okay, and yeah. Then, and so we don't get it right away. Like it's not until a little bit later that we find out what really happens. But it turns out that when they saw that it was Penny. Neil was like, oh, wow, okay. But the boys, all the boys started laughing and talking about how it would be terrible to date her because she was such a, so studious. (laughs) Hard ass. A
1: respected hard ass. Yeah,
0: a respected hard ass, basically. Yeah, Yeah, like, they were doing an impression of her that basically made her like a school mom, kind of. Mm -hmm. And Neil was just like, he just felt awful, and she just waited there and waited there. And she waits for... 45 minutes, she waits for, like, an hour, and she thinks, you know, if I leave and he comes, then I I won't find out who he is, but she cries on the bus home. Poor Penny. Yeah. It was really mean. It was so mean. Like, Kirk and, like, what a a jerk. Yeah, and as Elizabeth points out, like, it was a very brave thing for her to write this letter, you know, and and Elizabeth kind of pressured her into it, so I think she feels bad, too. Right, right. Uh, And invested. Um, so then, back in English class, is the next time, is, like, Neil knows now. So now Neil knows Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that Penny is Quasimodo. It's very romantic comedy. Like, this could be, like, the full plot. Cut out the Jessica and Lila thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be, it's a little bit like Love, Simon, in a way. Like, they have this secret. Did you ever see that? I didn't see it. No. Um, well, it's just, like... They're the, like, two high school, two guys that go to a high school and are, like, both secretly gay, but you don't know who the, on the other side, and, like, they just share messages to each other, and mm-hmm. they finally agree to meet, and it's, I guess it's not that much like Love, Simon, except yeah. for the whole secret message thing. Yeah. Uh, they're in English class reading Huckleberry Finn, and, ne- and like, Neil is watching her and seeing her, like, the, the light has gone out of her eyes <laughs> oh. and thinking to himself, that's my fault. Like, I broke Penny. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you did, dude. Yeah, Penny's not participating in class. Yeah. She doesn't have anything to say. She just is, uh... Yeah. And suddenly Neil wants to, like, show that he's smart. It has this interesting thing I think a lot of, like, introverts could probably relate to. Absolutely. It describes him as, like, he always had something to say if he were called on. Mm -hmm. But, like, he never was one to pipe up in class. You know, it wasn't because he was dumb it was just like that wasn't his style mm-hmm. but now he kind of wants to because he wants to prove to Penny that he's smart but Penny just sort of like she <sighs> he like approaches her after class I think he's maybe thinking about asking her on a date mm-hmm. but she's just like so flustered that she can't even talk to him and she's walking away beating herself up like if I can't even talk to a boy that I know already like what's m- I have no hope Penny. <laughs> and he's it's like, turn around, Penny. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, Oh no, I broke her so bad that she can't even have a conversation with any boy now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes up with this plan that he's going to like secretly, without the other boys knowing, invite her as Jamie for like a makeup date and make up an excuse. There was an emergency. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so sorry. Meet me at the Dairy Burger. Yes. Yes. And Penny almost doesn't. You know, she's in her room with her electric typewriter. She's um, thinking, she's working. You know, drowning herself in her work. And yeah. but finally, she opens the letter and is like, "I guess I'll go." When does Elizabeth see Kirk? Oh, right. Is that right after the mall? Um, everybody's in the cafeteria, but Penny's not there. Penny's not there. Oh, they She just overhears them. Yeah. Right? And she, and she doesn't them really them. seem to know what's up with Neil, either. But yeah. she hears Kirk bragging about how they duped this girl. hmm And she doesn't... know. It's it's a kind of cool, the way the book unfolds it. Because it's like, we hear this whole conversation. Yeah. And Tom McKay is the one who, like, chastises these guys a little bit. Like, that seems like a shitty thing to do. And Kirk's like, whatever, dude. It was funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Elizabeth and Enid over here and they're like, That bastard mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that Kirk Anderson. He's so arrogant, he must be behind this. Yeah. And they come up with a plot for revenge. Kirk and his comeuppance. There's so much going on in this book. There's a a lot. There's a lot of different threads, you know? This is really, like, you know. A side effect of me having just read the book is that I feel like I remember it in, like, such detail that I may be overdoing it on the detail, but I remember that Erica Hall is the name of a uh, 16-year-old model who's really sexy, Mm -hmm. and the Elizabeth uh, and... Jessica and Enid together get the idea to pretend that the Wakefields... the, the Erica is the Wakefields' cousin. Wait, is Jessica's not in on it. Is she? I think she she is in on it. Because oh. it's, like, the one thing that Jessica and Elizabeth, like, can unite on, okay. on is okay. their hatred of Kirk Anderson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they set him up with a fake date. Yeah. They basically give him a taste of his own medicine. Mm-hmm. Um... And, but they actually try to dissuade him from doing the date. He She might not like you. Well, of course, she'll like you. Like, I don't think you should date her. She's willing to go on the date with you, but I don't think you should because she's all... And then they list all these she's things that he flaky. is. She's a little flaky. Yeah. She's a little mean. Yeah. She's arrogant. She's conceited. She only talks about herself. Yeah. She thinks she's the greatest. And he's like, sounds like a babe to me, you know? <laughs> dream, dream, dreamboat. Yeah. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Neil and Penny are meeting at the dairy burger mm-hmm. and oh it's so sweet actually when neil sees her pull up um he's just like there she is you know and it's he's he's so excited and he's about to go in to the dairy burger and suddenly who should pull up Incon- inconveniently mm-hmm. coincidentally but kirk and michael harris who is, I think, the Michael from Michael and Maria Gladiators. Just Kirk and Michael. But Kirk is the important one. Oh, and there was a moment earlier in the story when Kirk called Neil's name out like in the cafeteria. Mm. Before we get to this big scene between Neil and Penny, which is preceded by a moment between Neil and Kirk, it's important to like get a full picture of Neil's mindset. At the very beginning of Chapter 7, it opens with... Hey, Fremont, over here. Kirk Anderson's voice rang out across the cafeteria. Neil couldn't help feeling pleased and a little smug that he'd been singled out so publicly. It almost made up for Friday afternoon. Almost. I oh.
1: love this. Now, what does that sound like to you? This also sounds like a little like a little queer. Just yeah. like a little, you know, like all these like triangulations of desire, you mm-hmm. know, being kind of
0: placed in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jamie. Just, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Neil is like, Oh, Kirk wants to talk to me, yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely Neil Kirk is a jerk. it rhymes that's how you can remember, but he did, yeah it's it's complicated, yeah, yeah <laughs> where does he so he's so handsome it's complicated he's very handsome, yeah. yeah, yeah, so it's like there's the physical this is interesting there's like the physical desire aspect and then there's the like social, and then there's the like actual intellectual mm-hmm. Part yeah, connection between Neil, yeah. and, Neil
1: and Penny yeah, and yeah. Penny
0: and Neil definitely seem like they have developed this like intellectual romance. Mm-hmm. So that's undeniable based on the text, right? Yes, but, yes. Uh, they also seem very um, like flush and flustered and desirous right. of the attention of these like popular, beautiful counterparts that absolutely. they have. Absolutely, absolutely. Back to the Dairy Burger. Uh, Fast forwarding back to the Dairy Burger. Um, These guys pull up and um, they see Penny inside. Penny doesn't know what's going on yet. Penny Mm -hmm. doesn't know Neil is Jamie. So she's just still just in there waiting. Kirk turned quickly to face Neil, who felt his cheeks reddening. You're not meeting her, are you? Neil cursed himself silently for hesitating so long, and he felt his hands start to sweat. If he admitted he was meeting Penny, that would definitely be the end of his association with Kirk Anderson. With a pang of nostalgia, Neil remembered that feeling of belonging, of being admired. And then he remembered the feeling in English class on Tuesday when it looked as though Penny admired him too. He rubbed his hands on his jeans and glanced at the entrance. Penny was still there, but she had a worried frown on her face. It was ten after four. He was not going to stand her up again. And he doesn't. Great work, Neil. Yeah. Great work. Way to way to stand up to the bully. So he does what Jessica doesn't do. Like Jessica doesn't have this moment of like, oh I remember how bad badly I treated Paolo. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Neil has a soul. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he he goes inside and he or Penny's leaving and, and she like bumps right into him. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's like, Penny. Like she's like about to cry. Like she's so frustrated that yeah. he stood her up again. She's like, No, no, I'm Jamie and she loves that. It's great and they sit down, but of course, like any romantic comedy, it's like if he doesn't tell her the truth and like if I guess if this were really yeah. a romantic comedy movie they would have gotten together, like, more middle. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and then...
1: Yeah. By by the truth would like, have come out. Yeah, yeah, and then
0: they have to break up for a half second, and then he has to prove to her that he really loves right. her. Little, little 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess that happens here for, like, a split second. But I have to read the climax. You always have to read the big climactic mm-hmm, scene. Mm-hmm. For a moment, neither of them spoke. They just looked at each other, totally isolated and oblivious to the noisy after-school crowd that jammed the dairy burger... Video games buzzed and bleeped, girls called to each other, and boys formed tight conspiratorial huddles around tables. But Penny and Neil's booth was an island. Neither was aware of anything else. Then Neil broke the silence, his voice low. Penny, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I don't want to lie to you. I have too much respect for you not to be totally upfront about this. On Friday, I was there. A hot blush washed over Penny's face, but she tried to keep her voice calm and noncommittal. Oh? Yeah, you see. Damn it, Penny. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but it all started as a joke. Some guys on the tennis team saw your ad and decided to write back as a group. Penny's heart gave a sickening lurch. A joke? It was a joke? She stared at the scratched Formica like tabletop, trying to form a coherent thought. Neil cleared his throat. "'But when you started answering the letters, it wasn't a joke anymore, Penny. "'I really wanted to know who you were, but it was still just a game for the others. "'I didn't know what to do.' "'She looked up finally and met his eyes. "'And Friday?' she asked tonelessly. "'Neil looked away from her bleak gaze, but then he looked at her squarely. "'I can't excuse what I did, Penny. "'When they all thought it was you, they said you were too serious, and I can just imagine.' Penny had a sour taste in her mouth. She could imagine all too well what the boys must have said when they saw her. Penny Ayala was obviously nobody's idea of a date. For a moment there was a heavy silence. I've never regretted anything more, Neil continued at last. I've never been so ashamed of myself as when I let those guys do my thinking for me. His voice quivered with intensity. His hands were clenched together, the knuckles white. I'm really sorry, he added. Penny drew a long breath. Well, now that you've apologized, I guess I'll go while I still have a little bit of my dignity left. Penny, please! He grabbed her hand as she tried to get up and looked at her imploringly. Please! I didn't just come here to apologize. I want... I want to... Slowly, Penny dropped her eyes from his steady, intense gaze and looked at the hand that clasped hers so tightly. It was warm and strong, and she could almost feel the emotion running through him and up into her arm and all through her body. You really mean it, don't you? She wondered aloud, shaking her head slowly from side to side. A harsh laugh escaped him. I really do. I really thought we had something in our letters, and I was hoping it could all be the same in person. But if you don't even want to talk to me at all, I wouldn't blame you. Penny felt herself smile in spite of herself. I think I could bear to talk to you, Neil. He returned her smile. You think so? Yes. Oh, so, Neil, Neil and
1: what, a, what a model of accountability, you know, yeah, a really genuine really nice. apology. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I mean, then there's like three more chapters of this book. Yeah, after I, that. yeah right. You have to get at the, uh,
1: you know, Kirk's comeuppance. Uh,
0: oh, right. Because, yeah. of course, Erica Hall doesn't show up because they don't, she's not actually their cousin. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Collins does come by and uh, ask, he's like, may I cut in? Or like I would, I would, I would cut in, but I wouldn't want Neil to bite my head off. And Neil's like, "No, it's okay, you can cut in." And yeah. Mr. Collins is like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, i was just kidding." <laughs> That's basically how it goes. Collins watch. He's like jitterbug. Uh, I said jitterbug. That's the fast dance. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm yeah, stepping back. Stepping I'm back. paraphrasing, but that seemed like the general uh, yeah. vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's it. Except for one, there is one little thing that we didn't talk about, which is that earlier on in the book, Amy Sutton sa- tells Jessica that she thinks that Bruce Patman might have a thing for her. Amy's a cheerleader. Amy is a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Amy is, like, despicable. Eh? <laughs> okay. I mean, that's the low bar at this earth, yeah. so it's to clear in this in Sweet Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the standards are low in Sweet Valley yeah. for, for uh, like, a good... <laughs>
1: Outstanding person, date,
0: especially in this models of dating and uh, yeah. communication. Yeah, but Jessica's like, no way. Bruce and Regina are super serious, and Amy's like, well, we have this project together, so we'll see if he's really so serious because we're going to be spending a lot of time together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Regina is at the dance by herself, and she's like, yeah, Bruce said he had something came up, but I wanted to come check it out. He's at home working on his like oral presentation. <laughs> Do they really say that? Yes. They really do. <laughs> I love the little, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I mean, like just as an insider, I can tell you that Bruce is really in love with Regina and Amy is scheming, but like I don't know yeah. what possibly could have possessed him to to skip the dance. Yeah. But I don't think that there's any anything funny business going on between Amy and Bruce, but it doesn't really matter. I don't know. Um, the damage is soon to be done, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Um is there anything else about the book that we story-wise that we didn't get to? I think that was I
1: think we had the the big the big moments.
0: Well, that's great to hear because now is the part of the podcast where I ask you, Megan, yes, are you a Jessica or an Elizabeth? Oh, I think I'm a Penny. Oh, <laughs> ah, yeah. I think I'm definitely a you Penny. You could go as Penny for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
1: love her outfit. I mean, like, yeah. you know, look weird, yeah. like bookish but didn't understand, yeah. didn't understand, you know, the yeah. I love that. High
0: School Desire. Yeah. I love it. I, you're the first Penny, but this is the most Penny we've ever seen yeah. in any of these books. Yeah. Penny or Elizabeth, you know, could...
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wait, are you... Who are you? I am an Elizabeth. Okay. I'm, like, such an Elizabeth. I, I figured. I mean, I totally to. relate to Penny, as I mentioned at the at the top of yeah. the episode. Um, th- this whole thing, like, when she says to Neil, like... I don't know, it's just that I can relate to the feeling of Um, if I have, a, like, if I have a quality that somehow makes me undateable, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to change. I don't think that should be how it is. I like myself. But it's like this weird mix. It's like w- the way that, like, self-confidence and, like, self-doubt mm-hmm. kind of mingle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have described it many times as being, like... I have a lot of, I mean, this is maybe too personal now, but it's like I have a lot of self-regard, mm-hmm. but I don't really expect other people to like see it mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to romantic stuff. And right. that's I mean, I have I have wonderful relationships with a lot of a lot of guys, but it's rarely. In my life, it's just not, has not often translated to mm-hmm. like I don't know. I, I can relate to the feeling. I guess I should just say I can relate to the feeling of seeming undateable for some reason. Yeah. Like not even because like Penny has these moments where she thinks back on like well, my dating record so far proves it, mm-hmm. you know, and which it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it's like I could say the same. I could say that for sure. Yeah, you know, even if. Penny is also doing something that I'm sure I'm guilty of, which is that she's putting a lot of pressure on what she wants her relationship to be, and then Mm -hmm. she's sort of not really fully, like, quote-unquote, putting herself out there. That's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because she wants it to be on her own terms, but, like, nobody else is, like, on the same page with her about what her terms are. Like I can relate to all that. Right. Yeah. But in short, I'm an Elizabeth. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Yeah, um, Megan, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you um, so much. I have a few more questions that I'll ask you in the extra drama bonus episode. Probably so just if you'll stay for just a few more minutes, you should rush off to your mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm Gladiators. Thank you for listening, and um, I. Hope that this has been um, a suitable distraction for you. It's been a great distraction for, for me. And I may I maybe speak for Megan? Yes.
1: I, this was, uh, you know, like first day of quarantine. Uh, read.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. And um, I hope people are staying healthy in mind, body, and spirit, as they say. Uh, send me an email if you want. SweetValleyDiaries at me.com. Um, now is a great time to follow Sweet Valley on Twitter or Sweet Valley Diaries on Instagram. As always, you can go to sweetvalleydiaries.net and read a whole bunch of more stuff about Sweet Valley Diaries and Sweet Valley High and stop. What do you think? (laughs) That's my pitch. All right. Hang in there, everybody. A listener recently said on Twitter, like, every time you say, it's like I'm reading the whole book and I can't read the whole book, I just want to be like... Just read the whole book. Yes. (laughs) Which I am, I mean, I do enjoy the readings. Yeah. But I think it's more effective than any conversation we can have and, like, really getting across, like, why these books? Like, why are we reading them? Oh, yeah. And also how crazy they are.